Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. You know Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus is an Oscar winning actor. He's been a fixture in American theater and film for 45 years. He is my guest, but not to talk about films, rather to talk about civics. He's the author of a great book. It's called One Thought Scares Me. We teach our children what we wish them to know. We don't teach our children what we don't wish them to know. This is Richard Dreyfus. Hey, Richard, will you begin by telling me about Mrs. Palmer in the seventh and eighth grade and the influence that she had on you? The only thing I'm sorry about is that She's because I'm now 75. There's no way that she could still be alive so that I could thank her because she had the most extraordinary um, uh, impact on me. She was the first person outside of my family who took my politics and our history about as seriously as it could as it could get, and um, she was a Republican, and my parents were very, very, very much to the left, and she didn't hide her Republican 
uh, roots, and it made her her coverage of American history all the more fascinating. And it was there was no part of me or my parents who um, argued with her, including her party affiliation. Now, um, it, it was it it was great. It was very American, you know, to be taught an Amer uh, American history with all of the bias and all of the uh, belief in American politics that I don't agree with or I didn't agree with. And, and I found that it informed my own uh, take on current politics and past politics. So uh, my mom, uh, who was, depending upon the day of the week, either a socialist or a communist, I said, to her, I said to her one day, why are you a socialist and not a communist? And she said, better donuts. <laughs> you, you describe yourself as a libo, conservo, rado, middle of the rodo. Has that always been the case, by the way? No. No, of course not. I, I was originally my parents' child. I was originally uh, a, a commie kid, <laughs> you know. I was a, a, a red diaper baby, as they said in those days, and I didn't really know what communism was, or for that matter, democratic uh, republicanism. I mean, no one really explained any of this to any of us, um, but. I knew that we were in um, an extremely intense debate between these two ways of ruling the world. And um, I was the carrier of the water between Mrs. Palmer and my mom. You know, I my mom would say something that I would say to Mrs. Palmer and Mrs. Palmer would say something back and I would carry the, the message back and forth. And, and I learned a huge amount. I mean, a huge amount. And one of the things when I started to write this book that I learned was that the real difference between the right-wing textbook written by William Bennett, for instance. Um, the only difference between that book and uh, the book that was written by a, a left-wing uh, historian was that the left-winger included... Uh, they included labor strikes. They included... Uh, the massacre of, of uh, immigrants by the army. They included the slightly ugly side of things. Did it make me love my country any less? No, because I always understood that America was a work in progress. 
Richard, I imagine you could be doing a lot of different things or, frankly, doing nothing at all. Why do you choose to, to dedicate much of your life at this stage to the whole idea that civics and civics education needs to be restored? Because if we don't restore it, we're going to lose this country. And if we lose America, what is the world going to do? Because without America, we've got no light, no guidance, no balance, no nothing. And what we've got is a lot of nonsense. We mis misteach history. We we've always known that everyone lies about the teaching of history, but we've never really examined how much that was. And we've done it a lot. And, you know, the whole idea of wiping out the Indian nations uh, has never been gone into uh, in the manner in which it deserved. I mean, we were genocidal when it came to the Indians. And the Indians, by the way, uh, were genocidal to one another before we got here. I, I have so, a... I have an impression, by the way, the book is titled One Thought Scares Me. Richard Dreyfus, obviously the author, One Thought Scares Me. My impression had been that civics fell by the wayside, the victim of standardized tests, that with the rise of funding being tied to standardized tests, many things went by the wayside. I reflect on my own experience of having had Woodshop and Home Ec in junior high school when we still called it junior high school. I think yours is a more cynical view, and please correct me, that it's all been rather deliberate and that some among us, they don't want the masses being informed. Is that a fair characterization of your view? Yes, I think that if you um, look at it closely, you you have to take the removal of civics back to uh, 1971 and 1972, because that's when the generation that was thrust in front of their their TVs as a gift, as a, as magic and didn't even need uh, a babysitter, uh, that generation um, operated through the 60s with mortal terror. They saw the 1968 uh, Democratic Convention and were terrified that uh, reporters were being arrested on live television and that the mayor of Chicago was yelling the F word right into the cameras. And they, there was a, 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 a mindless but intense view that anyone young was a jerk. Uh, and we thought the jerks we thought that our parents were were hopelessly outdated and did not understand anything. 
So that was the generational fights that went on in from 1971. Your, from your and book. In let me just clarify this. In 19, when, when that generation achieved some kind of political power by getting on school boards, they immediately uh, took civics away. They took the tools of learning the Constitution, learning the Declaration, learning the Bill of Rights, and what does that mean? They took that all away, and they didn't do it um, openly. When the revolution happened in, in the 1780s, it was the biggest news on earth, and no one was unaware of it. But when we lifted it out of the curriculum in the 70s, it was a secret. And no one knew it was happening until many years later. And I, 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 would, I would question any move that took away the most important part of our curriculum and kept it a secret for 30 years. Let me quote from the book. You say, not teaching civility and the core values of the Enlightenment philosophy that underpin our Constitution and our Bill of Rights is not just brainless, but a black hole that sucks intelligent life down and gone. By the way, Richard, I'd, I'd be derelict if I didn't tell you of all the positive buzz. People are loving hearing your voice, number one hearing you number two on this subject and conversing about their favorite Richard Dreyfus lines of all time. If you're curious, mine happens to be, shall I get the cops? Which I think, by the way, was your only line in that movie. This is true. This is true. And that same year, I did one line in the worst film made that year. You can say that the first line, I'll get the cops, that was in the best film of the year. <laughs> but the second one is uh, Miss O'Hara. Miss O'Hara. <laughs> Miss O'Hara. And that was in the, uh, what was it called? Um, uh, the one about all the drugs in Hollywood. <laughs> was, See, you, you must have had too many that you've forgotten it by now. It's funny. Hey, oh, in the I, book. Last, it was like the last line of the film. In in your book, you write the following. In, and I want to make this point because it, it speaks to your passion. In 2004, I starred in a Broadway show and announced my retirement from film acting before movies had a chance to retire me. Flags all over the country were not lowered to half-mast at my announcement. People didn't spy on me on the street and burst into tears, begging me to change my mind. I went to London, where Mel Brooks had invited me to star in a West End premiere of The Producers. At first, I told him, Mel, I don't know how to sing or dance. And Mel answered, oh, who cares? You're funny. And so I accepted. Six days before the first preview audience, Mel fired me because I didn't know how to sing or dance. After I was fired from the production, I decided to stay in the UK for a while. I submitted an idea to Oxford University to, quote, research the damage being done to America by the absence of teaching civics. They accepted my thesis 
I became a senior research advisor at St. Anthony's College, Oxford, during the first of what would be four years at Oxford. I mean, this is what you've chosen to do with your life since the theater and, and since film. Yep. Yep. Are you I making found... progress? Well, let's see what happens before the end of this broadcast, because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, dark, awful um, consequence to what has happened since the early 70s. And what I mean is that if you don't, if you are a, an American living in a Republican democracy, but you can't define Republican democracy and you can't um, explicate it, and you can't say why and how it's different than the opponent, communism, then uh, you're suffering from an incredible uh, empty brain. And it's not because you're stupid. It's because we're not teaching it. Do you think that you're being... Are you being miscast ideologically? And if so, is that precluding you from being invited places, unlike this one, to address these subjects? As a matter of fact, I'm so glad you said that. I I, I don't know why um, one of the political parties, the, the Democratic Party, seems to have... Um, given up on uh, civics as a uh, as an important subject and i've not been invited to speak about it on any of the liberal shows and i've been uh, somewhere between a communist and a liberal and a centrist my entire life and i'm i'm beyond shocked that the party that I grew up in is uh, is completely ignoring not just me, but the subject of civics as if it's of no import whatsoever. And the and the political party that gives up civics as a, as an important subject is going to cause the end of America. Do you think you're being cast as a conservative and therefore they don't want to invite you on because they think they're giving heft to someone who's on the right, even though you've been very clear that you're not on the right? Yes, I do. I think, I think somehow, somehow I've been, I've been cast as a non functioning Democrat and they're just crazy. Um, there, there, there was a, a man yesterday who said to me, I quit the party, I quit the Democratic Party, not because I was not a liberal, but because I'm not a progressive. And I thought, well, that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty good one. I'm not a progressive. I am a liberal, or I was a liberal. And I have a lot of conservative in me and a lot of liberal in me. But to ignore me, 
to ignore the importance of civics for every every boy and girl, every kid in school, in public school in America, to to ignore that as if that's not important, that's the most suicidal, stupid, and immature conclusion that I can possibly come up with. Hey, this interview is scheduled to end in two to three minutes. I'm I'm prepared. I'm prepared to go the full hour if you'll commit that time to me. Oh, of course. Okay, let me ask another question. Is it possible that my callers, callers to this program, can also pose comments or thoughts for Richard Dreyfus? Of course. Okay, so let's let's expand for the the next half hour with our very special guest who has very graciously uh, said that he will include your comments and telephone calls as well at the usual number, 855-486-1776. I think I want to set up some telephone calls the following way by reading from page one of Richard's book. I'm not a tease, he writes. So here it is in one sentence. If we share the sovereign's power, but no one tells us what that means and how that works, then we don't got it. We don't teach our Constitution anymore. We don't teach our Bill of Rights. We don't teach our governance theory, thought to be at the time of its creation, the most radical theory, because no other country agreed with our idea that sovereign power could be left in the hands of all the people. We call the study of government and the tools necessary for the maintenance of a civil society civics. We don't teach civics either. All these things have been removed from American public schools for over 50 years. My question is, why? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? 
Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Oscar winner Richard Dreyfus is my guest, but we're not talking films. Maybe we'll do that on a different day. One Thought Scares Me is his book. It's all about civics and the missing civics education. David, you're in Milton, Delaware. You wanted to say what to Richard Dreyfus? Hello, Michael and Richard. I was, uh, was a, I am a retired high school band director. I started teaching in 1974, retired in 2008. I remember having conversations with students in the 70s and early 80s, kind of political conversations, but often based in history. But I do remember sometime in the mid-70s when one student came in and asked me if I was a conservative or liberal because they had heard those terms, and I think it was Rush Limbaugh had a TV show. And I thought things really changed from students of the early 70s who had kind of a grasp of civics and history to 2005, 2008, where I started to get a lot of ideas out of kids that were coming from their parents at cable television news. And it was a little bit distressing. So let, let me pose the following question to Richard based on what you said. To what extent, Richard, is a polarized media responsible for the demise of civics? Uh, first of all, you cannot call a cable news station or network um, news. It's not news. It's opinion. And if they call themselves opinion channels, I would have no argument. But Fox News is not Fox News. It's Fox Opinion, as is MSNBC. That's the left-leaning version. And I think that cable news has done more 
to destroy any ability to think clearly about the news and about reason and logic and thinking clearly. You and I are only now getting to know one another, but you've just articulated my mantra because I've had a front row seat for the whole demise, not so much of civics, but of discourse, of civil discourse. And I pin most of the blame on the polarized media, which now controls the politicians. They're taking their cues from largely men with microphones and the country be damned. And we've been driven into a ditch. And I'll I'll say one other thing and then I'll get off my soapbox. But it's created, I think, this artificial impression of the great divide among us. Yes, we are divided. But a lot of the data and the research, take a look at Morris Fiorina's book, uh, he from Stanford, point out that on the major issues since the 1970s in this country, we've not had a, a, a significant change in how we view the world on capital punishment, the size of the societal safety net, um, abortion, even guns. We're pretty much where we've always been, but the perception is that we're far, far apart. And that's just not the case. Let me go to Christine, who was checking in in Greer, South Carolina, for Richard Dreyfus. Go ahead quickly, Christine. Hey, Mike, I love your show. It's helping to keep me sane. Um, I graduated in high school from high school in 1986. We didn't have civics, but I went on to get a degree in political science, where I believe I must have covered a lot of the things. But I'm thinking for people my age and younger, so I'm 54, um, we don't even have a good definition of what a civics class would cover. So I was wondering if you guys could address uh, what, like, specifically is in a civics class. What a great question. What a, Okay, Christine wants to know, Richard, if you had the pen in your hand to design the curriculum, what does it consist of? Okay. Listen, listen carefully. Um the curriculum of civics is not taught in a class called civics. It's taught in every class, biology, physiology, history. It's taught in the manner of a Socratic dialogue between the teacher and the students. And that's how you learn the civic necessity. The That's where you learn, for instance, that there's such a thing as civility in without civility you ain't got nothing but yelling screaming and interrupting and yelling screaming and interrupting regardless of how dramatic it may sound is a disgrace in terms of education and what we have to do is object but we have been taught not to participate as citizens, but to be passive as citizens. And the revolution that occurred in the 1780s was the exact opposite of this. It was the invitation to the poorest of the poor all over the world to join, to come to America and learn how to be participatory citizens and to run the country. They had to be smart enough to run the country. And that was given up and passed over 
50 years ago and and they did it in secret which means that no one had a chance to go down to the school board and say hey wait a minute what the hell is going on here because civics and civility and those things are more important than biology and physiology they are the manner in which we have a sane society where we have a society that is that is we live next door to people who have absolutely opposing views to our own and that's what america is all about and we've now come to if my neighbor has the oppose has an opposing view to mine they're traitors and that's about as sick as you can get Richard, somewhere in your book, I'm thumbing through it and I can't find it, but I remember the gist of what I'm looking for. You say that fewer and fewer Americans can comprehend any issue that's printed on the front page of a typical newspaper. Here's the question, because you've already made clear that you think that this is all a deliberate strategy to keep the masses uninformed so that we're cut out of the civic process. Do the people in your worldview who are calling the shots, do they know what they're doing? Or or is this just, just part of the, I don't know, part of the landscape that they inherited and they're not even aware of a deliberate effort to keep everyone else shut out? I think that if you include, for instance, Fareed Zakaria, um, Arnie Duncan, and other secretaries of education, you will find that it's done with malice aforethought. It's done with with the absolute knowledge that what they're trying to do is turn the uh, goal of the American Revolution off and make it make us passive as opposed to active i'm going to ask you to if you can i love all of your content try and shorten your responses and let's do a lightning round with callers because so many want to say something to richard dreyfus for example michael you're in nashua new hampshire quickly tell richard what you most wanted to say thank you mr dreyfus i appreciate it great fan of yours um i just wanted to um I wanted to just bring up the idea, this idea you talked about being pushed as you're being treated like you're some conservative and that do you see a connection between that and the just capture by the the progressive wings of the Democratic Party that that like you see the population popularity of Bernie Sanders, especially with college students and the great movement towards socialism and communism. Is that why you're being shunned, Richard, if you are being shunned? No, I am being um, ignored or shunned or forgotten about whatever they, whatever that phrase is. But uh, I'm not going to say why, because I don't understand why. I think but, that- but Rich, Richard, could it be could it be that others don't share our mutual passion for the subject? Uh, let me tell you a story. 
in April, I was guest hosting the nine o'clock hour on CNN for a week. I specifically asked for you because I'm into this. We did the interview and we taped it and it did not air the night that we taped it because there was breaking news and it didn't air the following night either. And by the final night, I said the Dreyfus interview has to air. I loved it. It has to air. It's not that I was up against institutional forces who didn't like you ideologically. I think no one ever said it, but they didn't they didn't get like, who gives a shit? Why do you want to talk about civics with Richard Dreyfus? Nobody ever said that to me, but it was the impression that I got. In the end, I won. You aired. The segment was great. Well, isn't it interesting that the reason we call it the American Revolution, not the American War of Independence, but the war, the revolutionary war that changes all values and turns them upside down. The reason we still call it the revolution is because that's what it was. And every country in the world watched us with fear and loathing and some few with admiration. But we said to the world, we will turn the running of this country over to the educated, not the rich, not the king, but the educated. And if you are, if you pass that, if you become educated enough, then you can run the country, be president, or be a pottery maker anything that you want. And that was what was so revolutionary about our revolutionary war. And if you ignore it now, it means that you as a commentator or you as a, as a, if you try to think of a reason, you can't because we are the most revolutionary, the most important, the most, what I call, an imperfect miracle. And we've seeded the whole idea of civics and and that subject, the knowledge of the Constitution. We've given it over to another party as if we don't count, as if we don't think it's important. Well, that's ridiculous. Okay, a quick response... From me, my objective behind this microphone is the same as yours when you were making movies, which is to attract audience share. I just disagree with my media colleagues when I think we can attract media share by having this very important conversation. It's not as boring as some would make it out to be. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Jaws. The Goodbye Girl. I'm looking at your face because I want to see which one of these is going to make you smile. Uh, American Graffiti. Come on. Come on. That's got to be worth a smile, Richard. Jesus. Mr. Holland's Opus. Down. I I forgot. Down and out in Beverly Hills. I forgot about that. And uh, um, what is what's my wife's favorite movie? Um, What about Bob? Moon over Parador. Nuts, you know, Dillinger, always. 
and on and on and on. Next time you come back, we're going to talk movies. Richard, you're going to love this call, I think, because Casey is standing by in Shreveport, Louisiana. Tell me, Casey, tell Richard, what do you do for a living? Quickly. I'm a high school teacher for the past 15 years. I teach civics and AP economics. Holy smokes. Civics is still being taught in Louisiana. Go figure. Uh, Yeah, it's one of the two social studies courses that are required for graduation. It's a full-year course. We start with types of government. I cover Hobbes and Locke, the Declaration of Independence. We go through the three branches of government. Uh, We talk about civil rights. We cover Supreme Court cases. And then we finish up with a four-week unit on financial literacy. And that is just the basic state curriculum. That's nothing that I've added. All of those are required for the entire state of Louisiana for any public school. What do you think, Richard? Music to your ears? It sounds great, but I don't think it fulfills itself. I think that uh, what we do is say that we have classes called civics, and then we, we say, and that was that class called civics, as if it's in the past. And the fact is, civics is the single most important uh, subject to be taught. It is the way to learn how to think with clarity. It is the way to learn how to think with American values. And until we realize that we must emphasize practical reality of civility and civics, all we're doing is waiting for the end game. And when America fails, and it's failing, what then? Michael stands, someone... Michael stands by in Baltimore, Maryland. Quickly, Michael, for Richard Dreyfus. I'm trying to work in as many calls as I can. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Mr. Dreyfus, I agree with your point about civics education, but I'm just misunderstanding, uh, surprised by your harshness toward the Democratic Party, because the Democratic Party has, has done a lot to address uh, good government, whether it's campaign finance reform or voter access or presidential accountability through impeachment proceedings. It, it's tried to have hearings that bring out principles of our government. And I don't see that in the media. I don't see that in the Republican Party. So I'm just not understanding why you're so harsh on the Democratic Party. Party. All right. Let him I, respond. Go ahead, Richard. I am. Uh, let's say that there are two separate Democratic parties. One is the progressive party and one is the liberal party and uh, i'm closer in thought and feeling to the old-fashioned democratic party of fdr but to call myself a progressive and to talk about things like woke which is a disgrace to talk about things like um uh having to predict how people will feel and and anticipate that they're going to feel bad, so let's not hurt their feelings. What kind of nonsense is that? That's not that's called bull. It's called garbage. You cannot negotiate, you cannot legislate morality. You cannot anticipate morality. You have to see what the world is going through. And right now, you have a chance 
as a Democrat or Republican, but certainly as a Democrat, to save your country. Because that's what's at stake here. And if you don't see it as that, then they, the bad guy, has succeeded in making you sillier and shallower than you should be. John, you're in Boston. Quickly for Richard Dreyfus. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Dreyfus. I had two teachers, one in middle school, one in high school. Uh, they both taught social studies, is what it was called then, but it was basically the Socratic method. I don't recall us ever having stuff to do. We all sat around and talked. And what that taught me was critical thinking. And when I'm 62, when my children went to high school in the mid-2000s, they didn't have any classes like that. It was more like the teacher we just heard from Louisiana, where it was all rote stuff that you had to cover. And I hope that I imparted that to my children, but I think that's what you're talking about. It's critical thinking. You, you need to have the knowledge and use it in your life and in your thinking. Thank you, John, for the call. Richard, go ahead and respond. I would say this. If you really believe that it's a question of achieving critical uh, thinking, critical analysis, then do it. Then really do it. Go down to your school board and demand to know why was this taken out in secret? Why was the reason for our calling it a revolution removed from our children's knowledge? Why are we keeping secret this most important coup d'etat, a secret coup d'etat that has taken over our educational system? Richard, your book is called One Thought Scares Me. When you come back, and I hope that you will, please don't hold back. Next time, tell us what you really think, okay? <laughs> thank you. This was this was a lot of fun, and thank you for staying for the full hour. I really appreciate it, and I can tell you the audience just, just can't get enough of you. So maybe we will do it again. Best wishes. It's my favorite subject, and, and if I can possibly say on my tombstone, he helped to save Thank you, Richard. Nice of you to say. Thank you, Richard Dreyfus. See you tomorrow, gang. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on SiriusXM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. (laughs) 